Beyond the Mic with Sean Dillon. We're joined on the star line by an acting legend. You've seen him in Yellowstone, Lumsome Dove, Northern Exposure, among many other roles. We welcome Barry Corbin. Well, thank you. How are you doing? Absolutely great. Barry, let's go beyond the mic. An evening with Barry Corbin is a celebration of your life. As you look back on your career during this presentation, why did these moments stand out to you? Uh, well, there's so many. I couldn't possibly just pick one. I, uh... Actually, this is sort of stream of consciousness uh, uh, deal. I, I get up there and I start talking, and then I start noticing people, and I'll start, and I'll uh, it just flows. So we, uh, uh, it, it's never the same show. It always starts the same, but it's never the same once we once we get past the first and. Uh, and the first half is me talking about growing up in uh, West Texas and uh, sandstorms and uh, all kinds of fun things and, and horned toads when they were there. There are not many there anymore. And uh, going up to KLLL and looking through the plate glass window, Don Bowman and Waylon Jennings and those guys when they were announcing. And uh, just uh, just 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 everything, you know. And then the second half, we take a an intermission, and the second half we'll have a question and answer session. That's when we get into the movies and television, and we'll talk about all that. Coming to West Texas has to be special to you. Born in Lamisa, graduated from Monterey High School, and you went to Texas Tech for theater arts. How has the city changed and evolved in your mind? Well, when I when I moved there, uh, we lived on Thirty Third Street. Thirty Fourth, I think, was about the la- uh, the the furthest south that was paved. South of that was all cotton fields, and this was uh, about nineteen forty. Eight, I guess, 47, 48. Uh, in, 19, in the early 1950s, we moved to 47th Street. And at that time, 50th Street was not paved. And uh, within a year or two, that was paved. And then it started growing out and out and out. And now it's nearly to the Hoka. <laughs> so... That's how it's changed. Uh, the The strip used to be a, a kind of a little trip out there, you know, out in the country. Now it's right, right in town. Exactly. So we're uh, it's a change deal. I get lost there now. When I moved, there was only one place to get liquor. It looked like a small version of Las Vegas. <laughs> Everyone called it the Strip. Oh yeah. But since Lubbock legalized package sales inside the city, those times are over. Well, I remember my mother said, uh, if they start selling beer in the grocery stores, I'm going to quit going shopping. Well, well, unfortunately, in most respects, but in that respect, uh, she passed away some years ago, and she, so she doesn't have to witness that. She was... Uh, Pretty staunch Baptist, and she didn't think that we ought to sell liquor anywhere closer than Amarillo or Big Spring. You've acted on stage, in movies, in television. Where did you find your happiness as an actor? Just the storytelling part of it. That's what I am. I'm a storyteller. I'm not, I, I don't know that I'm really an actor. I'm a storyteller. 
You are everywhere from Tulsa King to Yellowstone, Better Call Saul. What does it say when all these hit shows want you to make an appearance? Well, that makes me happy. <laughs> I hope it makes them happy. It seems to. They seem to enjoy it. You volunteered your time for charities, especially for the National Alopecia Foundation. Why is helping young men and women who suffer from alopecia important to you? Well, I didn't even know what alopecia was until I got it. My hair started falling out in clumps. I started looking like a mangy possum. So I, people kept asking my manager and my daughter and different people if I was having uh, chemotherapy. And uh, I, my job started getting sparse. And so I thought, well, I got to do something about this. And I, my doctor told me I had alopecia. And uh, so I looked it up, and I realized that it's not uh, confined to to middle aged elderly men. It's uh, it's 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 a lot of people, and a lot of young girls have it, and uh, uh, their eyebrows and eyelashes uh, go away, and their hair goes away, and uh, they and it's it's very difficult for them. Uh, for me, it wasn't that difficult. I don't have to look at it. I mean, I you know, except when I shave or something. But uh, it's uh, you know, for for the for young people, it's uh, their hair is uh, is kind of a I don't know. It's kind of a, an identifying quality. If they don't have their hair, they they. Uh, they start to worry. He is Barry Corman, and he joins us beyond the mic. And Barry, it's time for the Rocky Nate. It's, all it is is eight random questions. Answer with the first thing that comes to your mind. There is no pressure. All right. Your calendar is filled with benefit after benefit after benefit. Why is giving back so important for you? Uh, well, you know, I, I, owe, uh, I owe a debt to society. They, uh, You know, I'm not working for the guys in Hollywood. I'm working for the people at the... Uh, that either pay their admission or tune into my my things, and uh, if people stop asking me for my autograph, then uh, it's it's only a matter of time till the people in Hollywood just just forget about me. They don't really care too much about me. The people that care about me are my people. You know. Amen to that. I'll tell you why. It, it's a pleasure to come back to Lubbock once in a while because. Uh, I read a quote from Will Rogers this morning. He said, you can act and uh, do stunts and, and speak all over the world, but there's nothing like hearing the hometown applause. Nothing. And I think that's, uh, that, that, that's, pretty, that, that, that's pretty profound, I think. Why is being known as a cowboy important for you? Well, that's my heritage. You know, as Americans, uh, and all Americans, I think, it's our image in the world. Uh, the cowboy uh, has become uh, our uh, knights of the round table. And uh, our Greek mythology, uh, uh, Achilles, Hector, uh, all, the, all the great warriors, uh, the the Norse mythology, we don't have, we're, we're not old enough to have a big mythology. So we have to depend on, uh, on, uh, John Wayne and wild Bill Elliott for our mythology. 
that's how the Western, that, that's how the cowboy became popular, by the way. It's not, uh, at, at one time that it was a, an insult to be called a cowboy. Back in the days of the of Tombstone and the gunfight at the OK Corral, cowboys were uh, looked down on. Barry, do you hold grudges or have you forgiven everyone? I don't have anything to give anybody for. Nobody's ever done anything bad to me that I know, you know. I've, I've, uh, I've, I've had some, uh, I've had some disputes in my time, but, uh, I've forgotten about them. I hope the people <laughs> I, I had disputes with have. What's the best tip your mom and dad gave you? Always, uh, tell the truth as you know it. Now the truth varies, you know, the truth is not absolute. The truth varies between individuals. But uh, the truth, as you know it, uh, is uh, is very important. Uh, David Crockett's motto was, uh, I always admired this, he says, make sure you're right, then go ahead. And I, I agree with that. Do you prefer sunrises or sunsets? Uh, oh, I love them both. If, if it's a sunrise, I'm getting it usually because I've been up all night. Or I've got a job where I've got to be on the set early in the morning. Sunsets I, I love because uh, I can. Uh, I've been awake for several hours and I can sit and really enjoy it. Which role was your favorite to perform? Gosh, there's there's so many that uh, one of the most fun roles I had was uh, I guess in Lonesome Dove because I loved the book so much and. Uh, I, I, I think uh, War Games was a high point for me. Urban Cowboy, because it was my first uh, uh, big feature movie. Um, the uh, and then uh, just just the uh, the the friendships and things around. I, I liked. Uh, I enjoyed. Uh, no Country for Old Men, even though it was just one day's work. You know. He, he, Got uh, got to be out in a uh, pretty bleak place that I never would have been to otherwise. Was there a role you wanted that you didn't get? Oh, I don't, I don't think so. I think uh, I think I've been pretty lucky in my uh, in my choices. I, you know, that uh, I don't make too many choices. Somebody offers me something, and I just say yes or no. And usually, I say yes. I don't turn down. I know you love horses. So, yeah. what was the best horse you ever owned? And do you remember what kind it was in color? Uh, the best horse. I, I maybe uh, uh, as a cutting horse, a uh, uh, horse by the name of Red Quill Six. He was uh, uh, he was a good cutting horse, but he was uh, otherwise uh, a little cranky and a little. Uh, a little hard to get along with. My favorite horse, uh, my, I had two. One was my first cutting horse, Smitty the Kid. I had him the longest. He was, uh, we were together from, uh, I think, 1991 until, uh, well, about 15 years, uh, till he died. And uh, then I had another one, uh, 
uh, a mayor, a Palomino mayor by the name of Misty, and she was uh, she was sort of uh, she was not the greatest horse in the world, but but we had a a, a, a mental uh, we were almost like it's no, almost like extrasensory perception. She knew what I was feeling, and she got me through a divorce and got me through a bunch of stuff that I, whenever I was feeling frustrated, I'd saddle her up. And if I was feeling particularly frustrated, she'd try to throw me off. She'd, she'd start bucking. <laughs> and uh, that kind of calmed me really? down. Yeah, yeah. She was a, she, she, she was uh, uh Oh, she is a real nice horse. She never did it to children or women or anybody else. You know, she she was uh, perfectly calm with them. But if I if I was in a bad mood, she she'd get me out of it. It's time for the back half with Barry Corbin beyond the mic. You almost lost your famous voice due to cancer. How did that experience change the way you see yourself and your career? Oh, I don't know if it changed anything. It's um uh, uh they uh, they told me that there was a, an off chance that I might uh, not be able to speak or or might my, my voice might be changed or something, and uh, that kind of worried me. But uh, not unduly. I I had pretty good faith in the doctors. I've had pretty good luck with doctors. They uh, the ones that I when I've needed them, they've been there and they and they've done excellent jobs. So uh, I was, I, I'm, I'm still, I, I still, they say you're, when you have cancer, when you're diagnosed with cancer, you're a patient for life. So I still go in about every three months to get checked. And you're still cancer free? So far, so far, everything's good. Outstanding. If you're enjoying these conversations, please check out another Beyond the Mic episode to find more actors, artists, and people you need to know. We'd also appreciate a like. And subscribe on the Good Pods app. <laughs> what does it mean for you to be recognized, loved, and cherished after all these years? Well, it's uh, uh, it, it, it's sometimes it's a surprise if somebody meets me and starts crying. You know, that surprises me. I think I've done something wrong. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's, they're not crying because they're sad. They're crying because they're happy. Uh, and I don't know, I, uh, I, I don't think of myself as, uh, uh, as anything but me, you know, and it, uh, it always, it still surprises me a little bit when somebody treats me like a celebrity. I just, I don't, I don't, uh, feel any different really than I did when I was, uh, when I was struggling to start uh, start a career you know you've been working since the 1960s what was the one role that didn't get the critical acclaim that it should have well i've always had good reaction from uh, both the media and the fans now that one woman in uh, i believe it was in detroit uh i was doing a, a tour for uh for uh, war games and the woman said uh said you know uh you you played this general and he was he was uh, so so mean and and rough and uh, and uh, you know 
mis uh, not very well educated and uh, uh how, how did you uh, feel about playing that i said well if i if, if i left that impression then i was a failure because he was the smartest man in the movie exactly it kept us from being nuked and uh so <laughs> but uh anyhow no i i i feel like you know, anybody, in any character you play, uh, you've got to have a, um, a kinship with. Uh, if I play a murderer, I've got to think about some time that I might have wanted to maybe murder somebody, but I can't think of anything like that. So I think about a, a fly annoying me to the point that I swat it. You know, that's, uh, you know, you just, you got to, got to bring something back to your experience rather than go kill somebody and know what it feels like. You know, you don't want to do that. There are plenty of stories you've told from your work as an actor, but what's your favorite memory as being a dad? As being a dad, you know, there's great moments every day and, uh, you know, each one of your kids is different and uh I, my kids don't much appreciate this but it's uh, uh you know raising the kids pretty much like training the horse you got to make them think it's his idea and uh sometimes that's kind of hard to do i've had uh, most most of my kids are real easy to to deal with i now my my youngest son went through a rough patch, and he's uh, now he's he's uh, he's got uh, two kids of his own. He's a great father, and he's uh, I'm very proud of him. But he he went through some rough patches, and I, I've had to kind of ear him down once in a while. Who is the one actor who has a special place in your heart? Well, there's so many of them. Uh, some are, are friends. Ben Johnson, for example, was. Uh, I was always a big fan of his when I was a kid watching him in the John Ford movies because uh, he was one of the few that could ride a horse. And uh, I admired that, and I admired him, and uh, finally we got to know each other, and we became pretty close toward the end of his life. And I've got a picture he signed for, for me. uh said... Uh, to the best actor in Hollywood outside of me. Keep up the good work, Barry Corbin, your friend, Ben Johnson. So he, that's, uh, you know, that, I'm, I'm proud of that because he was, he was, uh, uh, he was what he was. You know, he, he didn't try to put on any airs, never tried to be anything else. And, uh, won uh, world championship uh, buckle and saddle and uh, and an academy award he's the only guy that did that so you know he, he's got it he's got a pretty big place in my heart what's your best memory of seeing Waylon and buddy well that it was uh you know i didn't know Waylon sang until i saw him open for elvis when elvis was on the way to, to uh Hollywood to do uh, Love Me Tender. Really? Yeah, I didn't know I didn't know he, he was a musician. I just thought he was a guy from Brownfield. 
at the time he was working at uh, K Triple L, he had a, a pompadour like Elvis, and uh, uh, you know a whole bunch of brill cream on his hair. And he he just was a, a guy from uh, from uh, outside of Lubbock, you know. Uh, Buddy Holly, I, I I saw Buddy several times in concert, and I I liked him, and I I admired him, and I heard those early records he did with uh, uh, Norman Petty, and I liked those, but I didn't know anybody outside Lubbock knew who he was. It's time for one big question with Barry Corbin beyond the mic. Barry, how do you want people to remember you? Uh, well, remember him, remember me as, as maybe being a l- little bit helpful. Maybe I, you know, after I'm gone, maybe they can remember that I maybe left the world a little bit better. Because, you know, we all leave it a little bit better or a little bit worse. We're not going to do a big, uh, big thing unless we're, uh, uh, Hitler or Attila the Hun or Jesus or something, but, uh, we're going to, leave some some little ripple and i'd like for my ripple to be that i did good when people come see you hear your stories what do you want them to take away from the experience well i want them to have fun and uh I, that's the main thing just come in and, and we're gonna we're gonna have a fun evening it's gonna be a party there's not this isn't some kind of a stodgy deal where we gotta sit and listen to some uh lecture or something we're not going to do that i'm not going to talk about morality or religion or politics i'm going to talk about just uh just old uh old things that we did back in the back in the days before television and the internet took over our lives and uh we'll we'll just have a big time do cowboys still have the power today that they used to have when you were growing up well, we we think we think about those times as as simpler times. Well, they weren't. All the uh, all the uh, um, conflicts were hidden back in the fifties and sixties. Well, not so much in the sixties and seventies, but in the fifties, it was. Uh, uh, you know, we had uh, uh, some things that were. You know, everybody was afraid of the communists back then. So everybody got uh, got got something that they're they're worried about. Back in the days when I was growing up, we played cowboys and Indians. Well, that's what we did too. Uh, back in the back in the forties, we played uh, we played war because war was going on, and we played uh, cowboys and Indians. And uh, Back in those days, it was a very simple thing. The cowboy was uh, was a guy who came in alone and took care of all the adversity in uh, in the area. Uh, although he had adversity himself, he had to he had to overcome the bad guys. But we knew he was going to do it. Now we don't know that. Now we we think well you know it could go either way, and uh, which is in in a way that's a good thing because uh, because that's really the way life is. But back in those days, good guys wore white hats and bad guys wore black hats. Yeah, and you knew who it was unless it's Hopalong Cassidy. He wore a black hat, but he was a little different 
because he is gray-headed grandfather. He doesn't work for Hollywood. He works for the people. Yeah. Thinks Americans' mythology is based on the Cowboys. Actor, dad, and friend, Barry Corbin, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today. Well, thank you, and it was a pleasure. And anybody in the surrounding area, if you're over in Idaloo uh, or Brownfield or somewhere, come on in to Lubbock and see the show. You'll enjoy it. And that, my friends, is Beyond the Mic. <laughs>